Well, I, I, t- I mean, the Bible is, is just loaded with examples of, of fathers and just great godly fathers um, that, we can, that we could learn from. Um, you know, just what, what, what godly father might you look to? This morning, other than our heavenly Father, who's perfect, what what other father might, as biblically, might be a, a good example to look to? Abraham. Somebody else? Come on, give me some names. Who's who's Noah, Isaac? Who else? Some other great. Sorry. Joseph. And Joseph. Amen. Somebody else. Yeah. Lots of them, right? Lots of lots of great names um, that we might look to. Um, but I tell you, this morning I was I was really planning on today. I was really planning on preaching about the end of the Sermon on the Mount, about the wise man building his house upon the rock. That was really where I was going, and. Um, and just as I was just praying over today and thinking about Father's Day, I just felt in my heart a, a totally different direction. And so I'm taking a, another step of faith this morning. And I'm going to preach on one of the biblical fathers in the Bible that I've never preached on him before. I've preached about something about him, related to him, many times, but I've never preached about him. And he's, he's a godly father, though you might not think so because of how he's always remembered. But I want to preach this morning about the life of the first father that ever existed. I want to preach to you about Adam. I want to preach to you about Adam. I think other than Jesus, if I could have a conversation with someone or if I could at least read a biography about somebody's full life of anybody who's ever lived other than Jesus Christ himself, I think it would be Adam. Because nobody ever saw the things that Adam saw. Nobody ever did the things that Adam did. Nobody experienced what Adam experienced. Nobody ever had the start that Adam had. There's so many unique things about this first man and who lived for some period of time, however brief, with just he and God and the rest of the world until God made Eve and, and then the, the two of them began to enjoy it together. And also, no other person had to deal with a failure that resulted in such fallout. And so, what an incredible man. Do you realize, in spite of this, that Adam was a man of God? He proved that by the rest of his life. He was a man of God. There's so many many, um, scriptures uh, that I could that we could read about Adam. He comes into play there the first part of Genesis, and you can read in Genesis two and Genesis three and Genesis four, 
and, um, and then there's statements about Adam in the New Testament. I'll reference uh, 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 one or two of those later in the message. But I'll just, I'll just read from Genesis 5 and verse 1. It says, this is the written account of Adam's line. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them. And when they were created, he called them man. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. Now, earlier on, we know that he had, uh, that he had, had two other sons at least. Um, there may have been more, but the first sons, Cain and Abel, and the previous chapter talks about them, and it gives some insight there, and we may be familiar with the story that happened. But here it's picking up with the line, with the line of Seth because Cain killed a, his brother Abel. Abel was the, was the one who was really following the way of faith. And so it's picking up on Seth here because it's talking about the genealogical line uh, that has to do with the line of faith. And, um, and so that's why it's mentioning Seth here. And it says, After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Adam lived 930 years. And then he died. And uh, Father, I just pray for your help this morning as we look into this incredible man and his unique life story and help us to learn from it, I pray, and apply it to our life. I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So the, the message this morning, I guess I could come up with a lot of names, but it's just simply a father named Adam. And from what little we do know about Adam, there are some powerful words that we can take away uh, from his life, words that will help us. And so I want to I wanna speak to a few of those areas. I think if I were doing a biography on Adam, and I'd like to have a whole lot more detail, but I think I would probably divide it up into three categories I'm going to talk with you about today, three words. And, and I'm going to start with the obvious and the one that we, we probably least want to talk about, and certainly the one that he would least want to talk about. And, um, and that is a word of caution. A word of caution. The power of one sin. The word of caution. A word of caution. The power of one sin. How many of you don't realize that sin is a force? It's a powerful force. It's a powerful force that emanates from Satan. And, um, and, and there's power even in one sin. In Romans 5, 12, in fact, it says, Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. Think about this. One sin by one man changed the entire world. One sin. The power, we're talking about the power of one sin. And, and according to biblical records, <laughs> we want to be tough on Adam, but according to biblical records, uh, the only sin we know that Adam ever committed was this one sin. Now, he may or may have not committed others, that's beside the point, but the only one that we're aware of that the Bible's recorded is this one. And, uh, but anytime Adam is mentioned, he's remembered for that sin, right? 
Come on, how do you reference Adam? Oh, man, the guy who let sin into the world. Oh, man, that Adam. Oh, if I could just get my hands on him. Oh, what I'd like to do, right? And uh, some of you want to talk, you want to deal with Eve. And, and we're going to do that because of what happened and the results of, of their mistake, of their sin. And um, how that they, uh, the, the one sin in the garden where they disobeyed God. And that's what sin is. Sin is, is disobeying what God has said. And God had established this one, this one area that they could have freedom to do just anything, the whole world, but just don't eat of this one tree. And, and they disobeyed God in that aspect. The power of one sin. I remember, uh, some of you may recall this, but Lori's great-grandmother, um, they had where they lived, a small, smaller home, smaller, older home, and, and they, had a, they had an attic, some small stairs and narrow stairs that led up to the attic, and in that attic there was a window and um, unbeknownst to the rest of the family, great-grandma would go up there, and <laughs> she had hid out in that attic. She had uh, some cigarettes. And she'd open that attic window, and she'd, she'd have her puffs of smoke, <laughs> and it'd all go vanishing out, you know. And, uh, but one day, one of the little ones happened to follow grandma up in the attic. She didn't know it, and they... And they went up there, and all of a sudden, there's Grandma sitting on her stool by the window. <laughs> don't, you don't try to hide that. And, and she was caught, and she was busted, and she, and she looked at that, that, that little girl, and she said, she said, Honey, Grandma don't have any other sin. <laughs> oh, if, if, if we only had ever committed one sin. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could say, I wish I could say even that, right? That, yeah, I, I'm a sinner. I, I, one time, a long time ago, I, I messed up, you know. I wish I could say that, um, but I can't. Uh, so anyway, but the power of one sin. How many of you know that one sin's enough? It's enough to make you and I guilty. It's enough. For the enemy to open the door for an enemy to do incredible harm, it's enough to bring death. It's enough if we don't deal with it to negatively impact our entire life. It's enough to separate us from God, even for forever. How many know that even one sin has incredible power? We're still dealing with the results of one sin today, aren't we? Right? And that's why God hates it. God hates sin because of its destructive nature. You can, you can go through the Bible and you can see the consequences of sin. And, and folks, listen, that's why, why did Jesus come? To save us from our sins. And yet somehow this world, we don't want to deal with sins. You, you ever notice how that there's something, there's been a shift in our world, there's been a shift in our society where it's like sin doesn't exist because, there's, because right and wrong don't exist anymore. And that was one of the reasons why God brought in the brought in the law because in the in the in the years of conscience, okay, it, the lines were kind of blurred, okay. It wasn't real clear, but but in the law, God put it in black and white, so to speak, and and shared the things that were out of bounds, that shared the things that were sinful, and gave the law, and so it was obvious. To man, when they when they stepped outside those lines, because there were there were clear boundaries, and we said we can't do that. How many know we're living in a time today where like those boundaries have been like pushed away, like they don't exist anymore? 
So what do you mean conviction? What do you mean sin? What do you mean I did wrong? How can you do wrong if there's no boundaries? You know, how can you break the rules if there's no rules? Can you imagine a world without rules? Can you imagine highways without laws? And we're in a day of, of lawlessness. And, and uh, we see what when people did their own thing back in the day of the judges, when people did whatever was right in their own eyes. Oh God, bring back, bring back the clarity. Folks, listen, those things are not done away with. Bring back the clarity of that because in those things there is safety. In those things there is fulfillment. In those things, there are the great things that God has in store are available for us. And so help us to see that so there be conviction that we can live in God's ways and enjoy the things that God has, has in store. But there's consequences. Achan's, Achan's sin. Why? What happened? Because God told them, if you remember the story, you could find it in Joshua. God told them as he brought Israel, he just brought them out of Egypt. Finally, years later, brings them into the promised land. They have a great victory and begin to be prideful and kind of drop their guard a little bit. And, um, and, and so they go up into battle and they, they lose after having a great win over in Jericho. And they, but they have a loss and they can't figure out 36 people lost their lives. And, and they, they can't figure it out. And all of a sudden, God said, get up, Joshua. What are you doing? Deal with the problem. There's sin in the camp. There's sin. And the entire nation, you hear me? Can you imagine that? The entire nation was impacted because of one sin of one person. The entire nation, and they win the battle, and they lost. Why? Because of one person's sin. Does that does that just shake up anybody? Does that like does that cause you to live with caution? Right. The impact of our sin, the potential there, and so finally, you know, it's narrowed down. They realize it's Aiken and all of this, but thirty six people plus Aiken's own family lost their lives. And I, I mentioned to you weeks, uh, uh, I don't know, some weeks ago, I've talked about David's sin, not with Bathsheba, but the other sin that we sometimes overlook, and the sin of pride where he, he took a census of the fighting men in Israel. And, and I went back and researched, I couldn't remember the number, but do you remember how many people died because of David's, because of that one sin? 70,000. The power of one sin. 70,000. You go in, there's so many places. I'll just jump, you know, the, towards the end of the scripture. We go into the New Testament. We come to James. And James talks about the power of the tongue. He talks about the importance of us taming our tongue. And he said, because what a great fire. What a great fire can be, can be started by a, smart, by a spark, right? A small spark can destroy a great forest. Talk about the power of the tongue. Do you realize that, that just one sinful word, one wrongly spoken word that I could speak could create a forest of damage? The power. I think, I think Adam would talk to us about that today. The power of one sin. And he could share with his heart and speak to us with, with incredible passion and compassion and say listen listen to me listen from a guy who's been there there's power there's consequences to even one sin but man come on 
How many, how many of y'all with me this morning? How many of you feel like we're in a world that's like, ah, sin, 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 you know. Ah, man, I sinned today, but, oh, Lord, forgive me. Or, you know, if I sin, you know, no big deal. Just, you know, oh, I just messed up. Everybody does it. I mean, everybody sinned. You've sinned, I've sinned. What's the big deal? And we have this non, we can have a nonchalant attitude about sin. Can it be forgiven? Yes. But there can, but there can still be, how many know there's still consequences that are played out that though we're forgiven, there's consequences that you can't take back. And come on, you with, dads, are you with me today? Listen, dads, the power of one sin. And the first father would speak to us that strong word of caution that we guard ourselves. Oh, how important is the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forget our debt, forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us from the evil one. Oh, Brother James, help me. God, help me. Help me if everything's been going great and, and I just think I can just put it on cruise, you know, and, 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 and not really be careful. I can't because of the power of one sin. God, help me and so guard me. I don't live in fear, but I need to live with a sense of caution, right? Or when things are tough and you're going through trial and you're tired. You're lonely. You're tired. You're frustrated. And you're like, I just don't even care. Just, just take me, okay? You get to that place. Be careful because of the power of one sin. Amen? How many of you believe that would be? How many you believe that would be a word that Adam might share with us? Huh? From the life of Adam, we also have a great word of encouragement. The man who never quit. <laughs> he never quit. Brother Houston, he never quit. He 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 dealt with a lot. He bore the burden and the load of a lot, a lot of things, but he never quit. He bore it, and he bore it for a long time. He never quit, though he had to deal with his condition, which at that phase, at that moment, was, was not good. <laughs> it was not good at all. Um, I mean, you all know we, we all have a sinful condition that we've got to deal with, Right? We all had a sinful condition. If we haven't dealt with it already, we got to deal with it somewhere along the way. Yeah, and and the thing about it was he couldn't hide it from God. And that's something we we tend to try to do. We try to hide it from the Lord. And he heard the because the Bible says he heard the the, the Lord walking walking through the garden. And and he and Eve they tried to hide themselves among the trees. It's funny, Lori and I where we where we live. It used to be a house among the trees. <laughs> And we were hidden among the trees. And can't tell you the number of people going by. We didn't even know this little cove existed. We didn't even know this place was out there. But since the tornado and all the trees are gone, we're up on a hill just exposed to everybody, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to say anything. But anyway, <laughs> but, you know, we're out there, everybody, to see. Right? Well, I'm, I'm dads, I just say, you know, there's no place to even go to the bathroom outside. I just say it. Um, but anyway, you, you can't even do that. You know, just out there in front of everybody. You're laughing because you do the same thing. <laughs> Maybe some of you women do. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, I got to be careful. That tongue, man, getting really close. <laughs> but, you know, they, they tried to hide themselves among the trees, but that didn't work. How many know God sees everything? 
And even, even Achan, who, who, man, he got nobody saw him. He had it hidden. He had taken those devoted things that were off limits. He hid it under his tent, and he thought he got away with it. Nobody saw him except God did. And God, God who knew it all, brought him, and he brought the whole, the whole nation before him. And went by, you know, tribe by tribe, clan by clan, family by family, and then person by person, and finally, the only one left standing is Achan. And Joshua said, Achan, fess up. He said, I did it. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you would have done that earlier, I don't know. But, but he didn't. You can't hide. How many know you can't hide it? And it's something about it. Listen, we all, unfortunately, have been there, but we got to deal with it. And we can't, we can't deal with it by hiding it. God, God loves us too much to let us hide it. Because it's a cancer and it has to be dealt with. He couldn't conceal it. He, 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 couldn't, he, he couldn't conceal. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. You remember that, right? And he, he couldn't conceal it, couldn't get away with it. Uh, some of you remember the story of Dave Reaver talking about when, when he was a teen and he was, I think, working one of his first jobs. He was working in a grocery store. Dave if you don't know, is an incredible evangelist and amazing, and he's going to be with us, in fact, on August 6th. So you mark your calendar because you need to be here. You need to bring everybody you know to be here to hear the story and testimony because God will use him to impact, to impact them, okay? But anyway, Brother Dave was there, and he's working in his grocery store, and, 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 and his dad is a pastor, great Christian family, and, and living morally and whatever, and, and, and living for God, living in righteousness, and and for some reason, he just decided he would try to pick up smoking. And, and if you're struggling with smoking, I pray God deliver you, but I don't know why I got a couple smoking examples today. I didn't mean to. But if God's saying something to you, <laughs> be free. Save some money and save your health, okay? So anyway, but anyway, he decided he'd try it. And, and so he's there, and he's got that cigarette in his mouth, and he's mopping, or he's dealing with the shelves. And all of a sudden, out from nowhere, his dad, he sees his dad turn the corner of the aisle in the store where he's working. He's got this cigarette in his mouth. His dad, and, and, and what do you do with it? You try to conceal it. You try to hide it. So he takes that cigarette, puts it in his back pocket. <laughs> and so his dad comes in. Talking, My son, how you doing? How's this job working for you? All the time. The smoke. Is coming up, <laughs> and the seat in his pants is getting hotter and hotter. <laughs> and his dad just starts laughing, just keeps on, starts laughing. He said, I wish he'd do anything to me, yell at me, punch me, beat me, whip me. But he just sit there and laughed at me. How many know sometimes God just said, we're trying to conceal it, and then all, the, the, the smoke's coming up, so to speak. You ever been around somebody, and they think they're fooling everybody? They're putting on the act. I mean, they're going over the top to be, you know, to talk extra nice or, or to talk extra spiritual, you know, to try to cover up for what they know is wrong in their life, what sin they try to cover it up. And, you're, and they think they're getting away with it. And you know. You know. Amen? I mean, no, we got to deal with it. You can't conceal it. And he couldn't get away with blaming anybody else. That's another thing we try to do. So we finally, you know, can't hide it, can't conceal it. God knows about it. So what's left? 
he blames Eve and God. <laughs> it's, it's true. Because what did he say? He said, the Lord said, what's this you've done? He said, this woman, this woman, you gave me, by the way. This woman, yeah, you, you gave her. Everything was, me and you were okay. <laughs> this woman, you gave me. Adam, you're really dumb. <laughs> look, how, look how sin makes you stupid. You see, it made him real stupid. And Eve did the same thing. She tried to pass it on to the devil, you know. Somebody said it took a devil to tempt Eve, but it only took a woman to tempt a man. Well, that's another message, isn't it? We tried to blame somebody. I remember a comedian saying years ago, he said, you know, I, I consider, he said, I don't know, those of you just have one child, I don't know if I consider you a full-blown parent because there's too many things left out. Like if something gets broken in the house, you know who did it. <laughs> they, you, they can't blame anybody else, you know, you know who did it. But, but anyway, the whole blame thing. Anybody ever tried to do the blame thing? But anyway, Adam had to deal with that. He never quit, even though he had to deal with his condition. He never quit, though he had to deal with a different kind of world. It was a lot tougher. It was a lot harder because of something he did. And um, you, ever, you ever notice that God, God cursed Satan and he cursed the ground, but he never cursed Adam or Eve? Remember that. God cursed Satan and he cursed the ground, but he never cursed Adam or Eve. But the world had changed, hadn't it? And the pain of childbirth for women all of a sudden became very painful. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the labor, the daily labor and toil of man became painful. There was sweat and toil and pain, and he had to deal with it. But I tell you this morning, I think for me, the biggest battle and victory that Adam had was he never quit, though he had to deal with his guilt and failure. How'd you like to be Adam? Come on. How you, I, I'm not signing up for that. How would you like to live with what Adam had to live with? I was reading through, you know, that, that, that whole passage there. Um, and I'll, I'll just pull it up in, in my Bible and you can look at it. But Romans, uh, Romans chapter 5. And, and verse 12, it, it's, a, it's a great passage for everybody except for Adam. <laughs> it's what we like to, to look at and quote. It's fantastic. Um, and it says this, Therefore, just as, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to, to all men. And I don't know what your Bible, if you look it up, I'd be interested to see what the heading says. But this is, this is what the heading in my Bible says over that. It says, death through Adam, life through Christ. Death through Adam. Death through Adam. How many of you would like for your sins that have been forgiven and under the blood, how many of you like them to be brought up again and again and again and again?
God is using this for good purposes as a caution to us. Amen. But Adam, Adam had to live with that. Now, I don't believe during that time, I, for a moment, I believe God forgave Adam, and it was all forward-looking, okay? But in the biblical record, God included this and so that it would be for our help and benefit and serving as a caution for us, all right? Um, but God is not in your... Once, how many of you understand, once sin has been forgiven by God, it's been dealt with, God's done, right? He's, he is not going to keep throwing that up in your face. Yeah, how many of you glad for that, right? And so, so he, never, he never quit in spite of that. And, and Adam lived a long life. When you think about all these things, I mean, he lived for 930 years total. I don't know how old he was when the sin happened whether he was 30 or 50 or whatever, but still lived a very long time. How many know that would be a long time to carry a burden of guilt, a burden of failure? Come on, have you, have you ever thought about that? To live with the fact the entire world, you brought, you opened the door for sin to enter and impact the entire world. You did that. By your one sin. God's perfect, fabulous, amazing, beautiful world was forever changed because you disobeyed God. You see what I'm talking about? The weight of that, the guilt, the guilt and sense of failure. And all I know, the enemy would love to try to use that against us. Even though the, it's not the whole world, there's probably some here today, you feel like it's just as much weight because you feel like one sin that you committed has had such devastating results. And you're dealing with such, well, you're dealing with a world of hurt, a deal with a world of, of guilt, dealing with a world of a sense of failure. But I got good news. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share it with you in a moment, okay? But do you know in spite of that, in spite of that. Don't you know the enemy is pounding? How many of you ever seen the? How many of you know the enemy always reminds you of your sins? You don't have to remind yourself. The enemy always reminds you of your sins. You see, remember what you did? Any, any little thing happened, some smell in the air, you know, some sight, some sign, some whatever, and the enemy runs. Remember when you did that? Do you remember when you did that? It might have been forty years ago. Remember when you did that? He's always bringing it up, and living with that. Adam lived nine hundred and thirty years. Do you think he lived nine hundred thirty years in misery? No. No, he enjoyed a life because God was with him, right? 
and he chose to continue to walk forward, and there were some things he couldn't change that, but how do you know there were some things he could still do? He could still encourage the world and use his influence for people to worship God. And when you read through Genesis 4, though it's about Cain and Abel, look at the whole context of the story. You see that you see a family, what it is as a family had gathered together, probably on the Sabbath, and they had gathered together and to worship the Lord, and they were bringing, so it was a selected time and a, sec, a selected place, because it says, and they brought their offerings. Just like you came today and you brought your offerings. We gathered at a specific place. You brought your offerings. And you're bringing your praise and you're bringing your attention, right? And Cain and Abel were there. And we know that story. But they're there and they're continuing in this line of faith, all right? Going after God, worshiping God because Adam and Eve had had the help of the Lord. And Adam is carrying on. Yes, I failed yesterday. But I'm not failing today. Yeah, I can't do anything about yesterday, but I can do something about today. Don't let the enemy rob you of your future because of something that you did yesterday that God has already helped you with. That he's already helped you recover. Amen. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping your family or anybody. You're not glorifying God by quitting or beating yourself up repeatedly. Get it under the blood. Get it right with God and let him deal with it and forget about it and move on. Do what you can. Amen. Do what you can. Let God help you. That's what he wants you to do. He continued to lead them worship God. He, he could, could still carry out God's plan for his family. And oh, how Satan is attacking the home. And dads, you're a key core part of that. We're seeing before us today the vanishing of the nuclear family. And when, you, when I say nuclear family, don't think of family that blows up. It's not that kind of nuclear. It's, it, has to, it has to do with nucleus which is the core of something. It's the, it's the center of something. The nuclear family is the center of society. As goes the family, so goes the world. As goes the family, so goes the church. As goes the family, so goes America. What's the enemy doing? How many? Look at how many ways the enemy is attacking the home, attacking the family, trying to undermine what God has established in the very beginning. But I tell you what, Adam fulfilled his role in that place. Amen? And he could still model a faithful work ethic. In spite of the toil and the labor, in spite of what was going, he continued to use his talents and gifts and begin to do things that were impactful to the world. You, how many of you are thankful for carpenters? You're thankful for mechanics? You're thankful for doctors you're thankful for teachers you're thankful for law enforcement you're you're thankful for just the very thing look how practically how practical everything is right gifts and abilities that's how it all works so he could still do those things so stop Focusing, stop letting the enemy beat you up on what you didn't do and how you failed, however great the impact was, or you can't do anything about it. Don't make it bigger by wallowing in that or by quitting. Adam never quit. Look at your neighbor and say, never 
ever quit. Never quit. Never quit. Amen? The Bible says in the last days that the enemy is going to try to wear out the saints. Now, how did Adam manage this? It wasn't by his own willpower and strength. I believe with all my heart that the thing that kept Adam going was a God who kept coming back. The thing that kept Adam going was the God who kept coming back. And let that be an incredible word of hope to you. Amen? Because God in the beginning, he, he coming. I mean, he, he made them for fellowship. How do you remember? You, how, you realize you're made in the image and likeness of God? To be able to talk with God, walk with God, commune with God, let God speak to you. God gives you visions and dreams. He gives you talents and abilities and commune with the Lord. And God shows you how to use them and how to impact the world. And he guides you and he does all of those things. Right? He made you in his image. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to know you. So he's there. He's talking with Adam. But all of a sudden, Adam sins. And we just talked about the impact. Aren't you glad God didn't just forget about him? I mean, you know, God could have made a whole new world. He could have made a whole new Adam. Or he could have made a whole new world. But he didn't do that. Aren't you glad? Right? He kept coming back. All those times in the cool day we'd come when everything was fine, everything was perfect. In the time and Adam was in his worst state, God came back. And he came looking for Adam because Adam never came looking for him. The scripture says that no one seeks God. No one seeks God. No one goes after the Lord. It was evangelist Billy Sunday said, Sinners cannot find God for the same reason criminals cannot find policemen. <laughs> they aren't looking for them. <laughs> All right? And whatever it is, I don't know. Now, now listen, Adam, when he sinned, how many of you like this? When he sinned, he, what he should have done, what he and Eve both should have done, was went running back to God. Oh, God, we need you, Lord. We messed up God. We, he never did that. Because they didn't do that, God went after them. God went, and that's always the way it is. Man always goes after you. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. John says the reason, I love you, Lord, because you first loved me. Amen? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God came back. He came back for Adam when he needed him the most. When he and Eve needed God the most, God was there. I want you to know God is still coming back. He's still coming back to help you. When you've tripped up the most, when things have been a disaster, I'm telling you, God's there. And if there's any inclination in your heart to reach out to God, it's because God has already been prompting you in your spirit. By His provenient grace, He's been moving on you to call on the name of the Lord. It's God's presence already there knocking on your door and knocking on mine, saying, I'm here. How did Adam live for 900 years or approximately after he had committed such a horrible sin with such results. How could you do that? How could you live with that if you had any conscience whatsoever except that there was a God who knows how to correct and knows how to restore. He knows how to repair. And he put him back together. And he brought him there. Amen. They couldn't make a covering but God said I'm going to make a covering. And then he made a promise. He made a promise and he said I'm going to send a Savior. 
Hallelujah. And God, and God, I believe, reminded Adam and Eve, he said, listen, long before this happened, I already had planned and prepared for just such an occasion. For he says here, nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking command as God did. But before the foundation of the world, God had promised his son. He told Adam and Eve, listen, before you ever knew, before this ever happened, long before, before I ever started this thing, I already had something in place. I already had a promised Savior that should this occur, I've already got it taken care of. And in the right time, on the right day, in the right place, he's going to be revealed. But until that happens, I'm going to make a covering for you. And he took, he took by his own hands, God took an innocent lamb and slain him and took the skins of that lamb. And he clothed Adam and he clothed Eve and said, this is a temporary covering. A sign and a, a covering for the time to come, pointing to the thing that's going to come when Jesus, the Lamb of God, will come and take away the sins of the entire world. Amen? Hallelujah. Would you give God a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It all happened right after the fall. I looked at the wrong verses. First Peter says, here's where it says, it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was paid with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom and as my ransom long before the world began. Dr. W.H. Griffith Thomas wrote in his book, It's the divine, it's the call of divine justice which cannot overlook sin. It's a call of divine sorrow which grieves over the sinner. And it's the divine, it's the call of divine love which offers redemption for our sin. We have all of these in God's promise of the coming Savior that he gave to Adam and Eve. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad that God keeps coming back and he keeps saying, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A word of caution in the power of one sin. A great word of encouragement. A man who never quit. Right? A word of hope. A God who kept coming back. You know what? He's still coming back right now. Now, I, I'm, I will clarify. There will come a time when that door's closed. So don't, don't take advantage of the grace. Don't just take for granted the, the, the grace of God. 
okay, there's opportunity for you now. There's opportunity for me now. But folks, once we've breathed our last, there's no more opportunity. Once the rapture takes place, right? Oh, there will be some that will call on the Lord, but if you're not living for God now, I, I don't know you'll live for God then. But you realize the door's not always open, but it's open now. It's open right now. Thank you, Father. Adam can teach us a lot, can he? And he too had to live by faith. He had to live by faith in the promise that God gave him. Faith in God's restoration, in God's forgiveness, in God's word moving forward and saying, Son, my, my plan is still intact. 